When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is April 15th, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will host Cincinnati in an MLS game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Peachtree TV broadcast, keep in mind it's Peachtree TV this week, will begin at 6 p.m., I think. I know kickoff is at 6.08 p.m., which is a question y'all ask quite frequently. You could follow my live coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. I'll have a game story posted within a few echoes of the final whistle. And then please look for all the content that I typically provide after the game. Again, you can find it at, on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, or on AJC.com slash sports. And if you want my insight into the starting lineups, I typically go on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson probably about five minutes after they come out. They typically come out about an hour before kickoff. So tomorrow they'll come out sometime between 5.08 and 5.15 p.m. And I'll hop on Instagram soon thereafter. I hope you all are having a good morning. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to go for a long walk here and just a little bit. So a little bit about the game. The managers are, of course, Gonzalo Pineda and Cincinnati's Pat Noonan. It is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta United is unbeaten at home this year. Uh, it's 2-0-1. Uh, Cincinnati on the road is 1-2-0. It should be a fun game, I think, because we have a couple of former Atlanta United players returning in Brandon Vasquez and Alec Can in goal. Both are starting. I think both are playing well. Uh, Vasquez is probably next to Chicharito, the most informed striker in Major League Soccer right now with five goals. And we're going to hear a little bit about him in just a second. Goals for and against Atlanta United have nine and nine. Cincinnati have eight and 14. But here's where it gets a little bit interesting because by the expected goals, Atlanta United should only have seven and a half and seven and a half. So it's been a little bit unlucky defensively and a little bit lucky on offense. Cincinnati has only scored eight, but should have 10.4 and has allowed 14, but should only have allowed 9.6, according to your expected goals metrics. So last week, Atlanta United did not play well at Charlotte. I thought that Marcelino Moreno and Diego Almada were kind of on top of each other too much, which made them much easier to defend. Asked Gonzalo Pineda about that yesterday, and here is what he had to say. Yeah, no, it's not like I disagree completely about that. I I, I understand at times they they 
play in the same areas. It's, not, it's, it's, it's just like where I disagree is that they are not effective in there because when they start to combine and play short passes among themselves, they look good and they have some connection there. Obviously, they are very good footballers mm-hmm. in general. So I like also my main footballers to combine. I don't want one on one side and the other one on the other. Then they don't have sometimes people to combine with. So, but understanding that there has to be some positional understanding and, and spacing in between, and, and we work on that as well. So, so maybe this week you see a little bit different. Now, another thing that um, we talked about was the staticness of the offense in the first half against Charlotte. When Atlanta United had the ball, there was very little movement by teammates. It made it very, very easy to defend because all you had to do was stand there. And Pineda talked a little bit about how Charlotte's two strikers would put Atlanta United center backs under pressure and it eliminated passing angles. And because people weren't moving, no passing angles were created. Well, Cincinnati is also going to play with two strikers, likely Vasquez and Don Baji. So ask Pineda about the similarities between those two. I think it's, it's uh, in some ways different. I think uh, they are more of a target number nine. They are the main targets. They they tend to play more direct to them, but also they have very good midfielders. I think uh, one of the things we look at uh, the discovery report is how good their their three midfielders are. Whoever it is, Medun Janin, uh, Kubo, um, Acosta, obviously. Um, Moreno, I think they are very good on the ball, very dynamic, physically good. So we need to be able to try to to win that duel in the middle of the field. Obviously, the two strikers are always good. I think Vasquez is in a good momentum, is in a good rhythm, good uh, form. So we need to take care of him. Also, it's not just his movement inside the box, but also how much he can hold the ball in different areas and just win the aerial duels and and and, and knock some balls down for for the midfielders. So I think uh, he's he's going to be key for for their success, and we need to stop him to do that. Atlanta United supporters know that Luciana Acosta has just tortured the five stripes from his time at D.C. United and Cincinnati. He is going to be job number one for whoever starts in the central midfield for the five stripes, whether it's Santiago Sosa, whether it's Franco Abada, whether it's Abar Sadich. Uh, they've got to keep him from finding those pockets of space where he turns so well and just hits quick passes into spaces to Vasquez and Baji. Um, we asked George Campbell earlier this week how he felt about facing Brandon Vasquez, who may be the biggest striker in Major League Soccer. I need to go look. I know Shabelsko, I can't say his name. Casper Shabelko for Chicago is pretty big. Buxa for New England is pretty good, is pretty big. Uh, Vasquez has got to be up there just in terms of height, strength, and speed. I think uh, I think we all do well with with bigger players. Um, you know, in terms of his physicality, I don't think that's something we um you know, have talked that much about um, or worried about, but you know, we, he's a good player in form and he's scoring goals. But then we all know him well, so you know, I think it'll be a good challenge. But you know, I think we're all very capable of, of handling players like that. If you're new to Atlanta United and you don't know Vasquez, he signed with the team uh, from Tijuana in December of 2016, and came to Atlanta United. But Atlanta United had Joseph Martinez, so Vasquez could not get a lot of starts. Gerardo Martino had no interest in playing the kids. Frank DeBoer had some interest in playing the kids. But again, you got Joseph Martinez. Vasquez was not going to start ahead of him. However, Atlanta United would not have won the U.S. Open Cup in 2019 if not for Vasquez. 
his play in the earlier rounds, scoring goal after goal, helped Atlanta United advance through the rounds of that tournament. I've always said that I thought he was going to be a, a very, very good striker in Major League Soccer. He just needs consistent minutes. And now, under Pat Noonan, he's getting those consistent minutes, and the results are there. Will they continue? Who knows? But he's playing well enough that people are saying he should be considered for the U.S. men's national team. I think that might be a little premature. Uh, we see what happens with Ricardo Pepe, uh, who had a little bit of a hot streak. What's happened to him? He's gone as cold as, as well, I can't think of an analogy right now, even though I work with words. Uh, cold as all get out. Vasquez needs to do it consistently, but he is the type of player that is a, a nightmare for center backs because he can beat him in the air, he can beat him on the ground, and he can put his back to him and hold up the ball while his teammates get involved. Is his first touch the best? No, it's not. But he's only, what, 21, 22, something like that? He's going to get better. The more minutes he plays, the better he's going to get. And I think you'll see that on Saturday when he's going up against Franco, Robinson, and Campbell. And if I'm Vasquez, I know who I'm going at time after time, and that's going to be Alan Franco if he can get that kind of a matchup. Um, Atlanta United lost Vasquez in the expansion draft to Nashville who then quickly traded him to Cincinnati, I think, the same day. He didn't really play a lot uh, his first couple of years in Cincinnati because, again, they were going through managers like I go through Sox. But now it looks like they have a front office that is stable, a coaching situation that is stable, and I think you're going to see a lot of Vasquez going forward. Felipe asked uh, Gonzalo Pineda, this was the last question in uh, yesterday's availability with Pineda, and he always gives such good answers, and, it, and it's very much appreciated. If, I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I doubt he does. But if anyone in Atlanta United's communications department does, please tell him that we, the press, really do appreciate the depth of his answers. And he gave a really good one yesterday to a question by Felipe about outside of wins and losses, what's the biggest accomplishment so far? <laughs> it's curious. We just talked about that this morning. Uh, I mean, yeah, not specifically in a game or, uh, or result. I think we accomplished a very good record so far. I think we're in a good note. Uh, uh, but... I think the biggest achievement is the culture we are creating. And I don't think it's a final product yet. I think we still have to make some strides to make it even better. But I feel like the players, they like to be here. They like to be in the locker room. They like to make jokes. They like to train hard. They like, they know when it is business, when it is on the field, 4v4s, 5v5s, 11v11, is life or death. And when they are there, they fight, they compete. But I can see the, the team chemistry that we are creating, and I love that. Whether we win or not, because that sometimes is, is not in our control, you can say, I love what I see in terms of the uh, team ethics and, and the way they behave. And it's all great to them and to the staff that they're creating that environment where everybody loves to be here, everybody loves to be part, everybody feel valued. Whether they play or not, they feel like we value, we talk to them, we talk to the players that never play, we talk to them, we are willing to work with them, they feel valued by the coaching staff. And I think uh, that's that's a good thing to have. And the chemistry among the players, the way they are interacting on and off the field, just fantastic. So I, I love that. So again, Pineda did not have to go into that much detail, but he did, and it is very much appreciated. Now, if you missed uh, some of the stuff I tweeted yesterday, it looks like Ronaldo Cisneros is going to get the start uh, on Saturday at Striker because of how he played coming off the bench last week at Charlotte. If you want to see the rest of my predicted 11, uh, you're going to have to go to the Twitter or AJC.com 
The headline is Info to Know at Line United versus Cincinnati, and it's down toward the bottom. We only got a couple of questions from the mailbag, um, so we're not going to, it won't take us long on that. Um, I want to remind you, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Going back to Cisneros before we go to the break, we did ask him if he has a pretty good idea what the team wants from him tactically because he's only been here two weeks. Very well. I think the, the coaching staff makes it very clear what they expect out of the players on the field. And I think it helps me that Gonzalo is um, a Mexican coach. So, you know, we've we've been speaking and, and I understand the, the movements that he expects out of the players. Another thing that uh, Pineda talked about yesterday was how Cisneros is fitting into the locker room. He said he's fitting in very, very well. Uh, so that's a good sign. And, and Cisneros seemed earnest when we spoke with him on Tuesday. He It's a short loan. Uh, I think it's only like three months, but he said he hopes it gets extended. And I mean, if he comes and plays well against Cincinnati, the team is going to need him. There's no telling when Joseph Martinez comes back. It's supposed to be six to eight weeks, but what kind of form, what kind of fitness? And they need somebody that can score goals right now. Jackson Conway got a shot and missed an open goal. He played well, but missed a goal against DC United. Dom Dwyer missed a goal against Charlotte. Pineda's got to find somebody that can put the ball in the net as a striker and Cisneros is the next man up. All right, we're going to a break. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. All right, and we're back. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And I want to remind y'all, this is, I think, the only home game this month that the team has. They go to Miami next week. I will be there. They go to Montreal two weeks after that. I will be there. Uh, if you see me out and about, you probably won't see me in Miami. It's going to be an inner and an outer. Um, come say hey. A couple of people did that in Charlotte, and that was fantastic. It's always appreciated. It's always fun to talk to folks. Uh, all right, we only got two questions, so I'm going to go ahead and get into those, and then we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, this is from the Twitters. Uh, what would you like to see out of attacking personnel this game? I really prefer the 4-3-3 shape over the back 3-4-3 shape and hope that's what we do. I don't think so. Uh, only because Cincinnati is likely going to come out with two strikers. And when you play with two strikers, you need three center backs. So that there's always going to be one man marking one man, one man marking one man, and one man free just in case one of them gets beat. Um I do think, to your point, that Atlanta United's offense started to play much better 
when they went back to two center backs against Charlotte. They had that extra midfielder. They had someone who could uh, go and find space. They also had Cisneros, who was actually being a willing runner, as George Campbell called it, going into space. But I think you're likely going to see the 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1 or, or whatever number you want to use. Pineda always chuckles when we ask about formations because he says they don't really matter a whole lot. Uh, and then our last question, and this one is from a guy named Jeff, and he doesn't mean to aggravate me, but this aggravates me a little bit because I'm just a grumpy old man right now. But here's the question. It's been a struggle for Joseph to return from knee surgery. I haven't heard much about Emerson Hyman's recovery. Are there indications that his return from the knee injury will be better? Guys, I tweet and write about Emerson Hyman every week. Y'all have got to read the stories, including yesterday. I wrote that Emerson Hyman is likely going to be on the bench for this game. He has yet to play this year because he went underwent offseason knee surgery or underwent knee surgery last summer in July, I think it was. He's been training with the team. He's been training well. I write about it every week. I tweet about it every week. I need y'all to click on the stories or read the Twitters. You can search for it if you want to, Doug Robertson and Hyman, and you will see the information there. If you support the team and you read my stuff, I'd appreciate you clicking on the stories. It's how the paper makes money. It's how I get paid, and I have a family to support. So I'd appreciate y'all clicking on the story. All right. This is another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, this is Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Hug your loved ones, and I hope you'll have a good day.